Welcome tonight to our Wednesday. Uh, this is actually going to be a Bible study uh, tonight, but we've been dealing with the fear of the Lord. And so it's continuing on this month. I'm, I'm not released from it just yet. And so there's there's a couple of other things I think that God has placed upon my heart to be able to share. And I know tonight specifically, you know, we have our word. Uh, but I want to begin with this thought here just as an introduction. Um, you know, even when I just look at the environment politically, uh, one, let me just say this. I have a bunch of lovely women in my life. You know, I'm married to a beautiful woman. I have three beautiful daughters. I have an awesome birth mother. I have a wonderful sister uh, who I love dearly. Um, I have my beautiful sisters in love. Uh, you, you know, yeah, my beautiful sisters in love. And then I have a beautiful mother in love as well, who we are celebrating tonight. Glory to God and her birthday. Uh, but you know, I started just looking. I actually received a prophetic word as well from Bob Hazlett when he was just praying over me uh, at one moment, a very powerful guy, but he was just talking about how God would just use me to even turn the hearts of the, the daughters back unto the Father, to the Heavenly Father. And so uh, with all that, you know, I believe that that'll be something that happens tonight, and we just even go further in that. But anyways, I just wanted to say this, because tonight's message includes women, but it's more than that as well, and you'll see why. Uh, matter of fact, let me let me just... You know, I want, I want to be mindful uh, of, of, of my, my uh, time tonight as well, too, or at least keep track. But, of course, you know, we're flowing with the Holy Ghost. But anyways, uh, back to that. You know, when I just kind of look at the environment, and you all know me by now, I, I, you know, I, I look at things that are going on in various spheres and, and, you know, across the world globally, locally. That's just the perspective. That's my heart. That's something God gave me. And so I look at the political environment and not saying a whole expose on that. But one thing I do mention that is, you know, I do understand. I remember hearing this report, but that in this year, this year, this 2020 year, and with the elections and all the things that have taken place, that there is now going to be a record number of women entering Congress. I think that is very uh, prophetic. Uh, but there is a record number of women entering Congress. And I'm not talking about just political parties or anything of that nature, but just in the totality that there is a record number of women uh, rising up and gaining prominence on political stages. But then I also understand this, that at the same time, there's a whole bunch of movements and things going on on behalf of women. And so you also have women that are contending or fighting for rights. And so you see that on one side. But then I also see on another side, uh, and this gets me even more excited, that I see God raising up an army of women who are not just standing for rights, but who are actually standing for believing, enduring, and contending for not just rights, check this out though, but for righteousness. Yeah, so there's an army of women that God is raising up and speaking to and giving prominence and place to, to be able to stand up for righteousness. And there's a particular reason why here, but it's very powerful that he's doing so. And so there's going to be, and there is already happening a distinction between who's who, even amongst women, uh, that there's going to be a who's who, because guess what? In the midst of women rising up like never before, we understand this, that not all collectively are monolith, not all say the same thing and believe the same thing. That is not the case. So there are women that are standing up boldly. Come on, I love it. There are women standing up boldly for righteousness and therefore truth. And if you're a woman right now listening to this or watching this, just go ahead and say, that's me in the chat right now. Say, that's me. I'm one of the, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the women in God's army um, 
standing for righteousness and for truth and contending for truth. And so we need that. And it's for such a time as this. And so uh, I thought it was very interesting as well because, you know, my, my second daughter, Soteria, she was like, hey, daddy, so, so, so what's, gonna, what's the word tonight? What's going to be the message tonight? And she's just very inquisitive, but she's, you know, she's a smart kid. She's a bright kid. All my daughters are bright. But, you know, I had this conversation today. And so I just told her, I was like, hey, you know what? We're still talking about the fear of the Lord. And so we just had a moment, maybe about two, three minutes, just conversating, just talking about. So, and I was like, so tell me about the fear of the Lord so far. Because, you know, they listen. They listen. They understand I'm the father, but they're actually listening to the, to the word. My oldest daughter, she helps out with the stream as well. And so she's receiving of the word and she's, you know, taking notes and playing back, uh, uh, relaying some of the things that she's been, been gleaning and gaining. And I know it's a God thing because we're teaching our children the fear of the Lord. So I began to ask her, so what does the fear of the Lord mean? And so one thing she did say, she was like, um, well, I know it doesn't mean being afraid of God. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, that's right. And so I began to tell her about, you know, the fear of the Lord and reverence, and I explained the definition of reverence and things of that nature. And she brought up a very interesting question. She was like, yeah, because, you know, you know, when you go to the scripture, it's like, how come it always says men, that men should fear the Lord, men should fear the Lord? And I told her, I was, I was like, well, men... I was like, well, you know, it actually talks about, you know, humanity. It's not just talking about men, you know, the gender, but it includes women as well. But she was like, well, how come it says men? And then I told her, I was like, well, you know, have you ever heard of mankind? She was like, oh, okay, I got it. So she, she got it from that part. But then I let her know. I was like, well, the Bible does mention specifically about women, the gender as well, too. And so we're familiar with this. We're not going to read this whole uh, chapter here, but most women, most people know about the Proverbs 31 woman, right? We know about the Proverbs 31 woman, but I want to provide just some brief context because we're only going to look at one verse, but we're actually going to go to another chapter further in the Old Testament. But most people think about that, that whole chapter was just talking about this Proverbs 31 woman. But if you look at verse one, if you look at verse one, you'll actually see that this is an oracle. So this Proverbs 31 isn't actually a woman per se, but a type of woman. But this was actually uh, an oracle or even a prophetic word, a prophecy or, 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 or something that came from a mother telling to her son who was a king named Lemuel. So this was actually spoken to a man. Oftentimes you hear this, you know, preached at women's conferences, and, and, and that's great. That's totally fine. But when you look at it, verse 1, it starts to tell you, it was like, hey, my son. This was, this was from a mom talking to her son who was a king, and she was telling him, it's like, hey, and I'm paraphrasing the first part, don't give your strength to women. Don't go after these loose girls if you, if, you, if, you, if you look at it that way. And then she also said this, don't be a king that's just drinking wine or strong drink, meaning don't just drink wine or drink anything alcoholic. So she's just giving her son who is a king so that way he can judge righteously. Ah, So that way he can judge righteously and, and talk and speak um, from the platform of the justice of the Lord. And then, of course, we know where it goes to verse 10. It starts talking about, well, the virtuous wife who can find. It begins to start talking about these, these wonderful qualities of this type of woman. And then it continues on and it talks about how she does business and it talks about, you know, how she helps her family and, and things of that nature. But it really talks about a lot about what she produces in her own hands or amongst with her own hands. It mentions her children once, her husband, you know, a couple of times. But it just talks about the quality of this woman. But then it gets to this, verse 30. And I'm actually just going to read this. We're not going to pull up scriptures tonight because I want everyone engaged. So, uh, I don't, so, so we'll actually have you look. So. If you have a digital Bible, uh, you can go there. And if not, then you can just listen to this in verse 30. And I just wanted to pull this out because this is actually 
from the Passion Translation. I like how it says it here. From the Passion Translation, um, and I remember my wife mentioning this this week, and it really just kind of sparked some things as well. But it says this in the Passion Translation, Proverbs 31, verse 30. And it says, charm can be misleading. Talking about this woman, right? Charm can be misleading. Ah, oh, man, you think about all this Instagram and this beauty and, and people injecting themselves and doing all this kind of stuff and Photoshop and all that. Charm can be misleading and beauty is vain and so quickly fades. But this virtuous woman, someone say, but this virtuous woman. But this virtuous woman, check this out, lives in the wonder, awe, and fear of the Lord. She lives there. Remember I talked about changing zip codes? <laughs> so it says, but this virtuous woman, she lives in the wonder, the awe, and fear of the Lord, and she will be praised throughout eternity. And so I think that is very powerful because this is where she lives. She lives in wonder. She lives in awe. She lives in the fear of the Lord. And so one thing, just even in, in, in looking into this just a little bit further, you know, I came across, you know, this thought here that, you know, because this was actually written to a man, because this was actually written to a king, that many men in Hebrew culture, maybe at one point, maybe still today, that part I'm not sure, but many in Hebrew culture of the men, they actually memorize this. And you know what they do? They actually kind of sing this out to their wife as a praise unto her or to the mother as a praise unto her or to, you know, some of the women in their lives as a praise unto, unto them. So this is something that the men actually memorize so that way they know what kind of quality of woman, you know, to be mindful of um, in any type of relationship. So I think that is very powerful. So God is raising up people of this nature uh, and, 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 and women of this nature for such a time as this that fear the Lord. But guess what? This also includes men. But I want us to see this in action tonight. And so we're going to spend some time reading. And so that's why I got my Bible Bible uh, with me. And we're just going to just read. We're going to be in Judges chapter 13 tonight, okay? So Judges chapter 13, you know, I read from the New King James Version. I don't have any problems with any other translations, but, you know, I grasp this one very well um, in, in that regards. And so we're going to start with. Judges chapter 13, verse 1. And so when you think about it, these people, just to provide some context again, because this is our, our study time, right? So the children of Israel, they've had a long history, especially up at this point. This is after the time of Joshua. And um, the children of Israel have gotten to a place of, of having their hearts that are like harlots before the Lord. It's like, hey, God, we love you. Um, but um, now our hearts are going to be after other gods. We love you for a moment, but we're not loving you with our totality. And so it was this kind of back and forth. And so what God had to do, uh, because he was like, look, these people just continue on with this. So he would raise up judges um, to, to, to bring about deliverance because because of that heart that the children of Israel had, uh, they would wind up falling in oppression in the hands of other uh, nations and, th and other people groups. And so then they'd cry out to the Lord and God would raise up a judge to speak prophetically and deliver them. And so it was so forth and so on going forth. You got Gideon, you got Deborah in this and, and so many other judges that are more known and not as known that would judge and, and rule. And so this was an era actually before the kings. Right. And so this was taking place. And so now we see this this gentleman here, which we're familiar with. But I'm going to bring some things out because we're going to see uh, this woman and we're going to see the fear of the Lord actually in action. And so again, again, Judges chapter 13, verse one, again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. 
Now, there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. Verse 3, and the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman. First encounter. You could highlight that or mark that. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, therefore, verse four, please be careful. Ah, This is the part you want to pay attention to. Please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. Remember how I talked about distinction that God is raising up, right? So just hold on to that thought. Verse four. Now, therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. So here you have this mother in Proverbs talking to her son. The king is like, hey, don't drink wine or any strong drink. And so now we see this here, an angel of the Lord. And this was actually, quote unquote, an epiphany where, where, where God actually you know, shows up, um, you know, with this text right here. So anyways. Not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. Verse five, for behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Let me read verse five one more time because I want to share that. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child, for the child, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. All right. So a Nazarite. We know we've heard of these type of people. But in the Hebrew, that word actually means Nazarite means set apart. It actually means consecrated. So this child, they haven't given the name yet, but of course you, you, you can surmise who this is. But, they have, but this child was actually consecrated as a Nazarite from the womb, not even born yet. So that just lets you know what God thinks about that womb environment, right? So he says this again, for the child shall be consecrated. Let me say it that way. For the child shall be consecrated, set apart to God from the womb. <clears throat> And, how, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. And so, verse 6, so the woman came and told her husband, saying, A man of God came to me, and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. You see that, right? Very awesome. So we got some awe right there. But I did not ask him where he was from. And he did not tell me his name. So underline these words that you're seeing here. You have awesome. And, and we're, going, we're going to put it all together in just a little bit. Verse 7. And he said to me, behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So now she's telling her husband, Manoah, what had taken place. Now drink no wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah. This is what he did. He began to pray to the Lord. I'll kind of summarize this part right here. He began to pray to the Lord and said, God, hey, you know what? Can you, can, you, can you bring that man back to us? Because he didn't realize, I don't think the woman necessarily knew um, as well, but even though she knew that this man was awesome, it was something about him. So Manoah says, Lord, can, can you bring this man back to us again? And so the Bible says this, that God heard his prayer. Now, while Manoah's wife was sitting in a field, guess who showed up again? This angel of the Lord. So it was a second encounter. And so here we go. 
verse 9, and the angel of and God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again. And she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose and followed his wife when he came to the man. And he said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? <laughs> to this woman? He didn't even say my wife. But are you man? Remember this woman, this woman, Proverbs 31, right? This woman, this virtuous woman. Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, this is how you know it was God showing up. And he said, I am. That's a God statement. Angels don't typically say I am. But anyways, here we go. Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. Oh, can someone just say that over your life right now? Say, God, let your words that you've spoken over my life, that you've spoken to me, come to pass. Oh, my God. Now, let your words come to pass. That will be the boy's rule of life and his work. Oh, what will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So we all have a rule of life and work to do right there. That's a good thought. So you have a rule of life and work that God has already spoken and declared. But it's going to be key here, and we're going to recount it one more time because you're going to understand that the fear of the Lord is actually key for the rule of your life, for the jurisdiction, for your rulership, as well as the work of your hands or the things that you do. The fear of the Lord is key. So the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. Verse 14, she may not eat anything that comes from the wine, nor... May she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe, let her observe, let her observe. Everything that was commanded. And then Manoah, I'll, I'll paraphrase this part and we'll get to a further part later in the chapter. Then Manoah was like, hey, just stay right here. Just stay right here for a moment so that way, uh, you know, we can, you know, make, make a, a, a sacrifice and make an offering. And then, uh, then the angel of the Lord said, hey, you know, I'm not going to eat your food. But if you're going to do that, make an offering unto the Lord. Don't make anything to me. Make an offering unto the Lord. And then as they did so, they were like, well, hey, tell them, well, matter of fact, you got to see this part right here. Verse 17. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? That when your words come to pass, we may honor you. And the angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name? Seeing it is wonderful. So we have awesome, right? We have wonderfulness, right? So here we go. So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he, this angel of the Lord, did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened. This is the wondrous thing that took place. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar. The angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. So the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. And then when Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell on their faces to the ground. Y'all remember, meet me on the floor. <laughs> All of this is connected. Meet me on the floor. So they fell with their faces to the ground. So, so far, what have you seen right now? We've seen wonder. We've seen awe. We've seen this reverence and worship. Their faces to the ground. And now we're going to see some fear right here. And you actually see two kinds of fear. And when the angel, verse 21, when the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said this to his wife, we shall surely die because we've seen God. 
We've seen God because people knew. It's like, look, no man shall look upon the face of the Lord or you shall surely die. But verse 23, thank God for this woman, for this virtuous woman, for this woman who feared and reverenced and understood awesomeness and the wonder of the Lord. Look at what she said. But his wife, and look at this counsel that she gave him. But his wife said to him, if the Lord had desired to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering from our hands, nor would he have shown us all these things, nor would he have told us such things as these at this time. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at, Man at Mahana, Dan, between Zorah and Eshtil. Now, first, I want to thank you for your endurance and patience and, and going with me through these scriptures. Because, you know, I told you that this was going to be a Bible study tonight. But now let's kind of take a look at some of these things right here. And, 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 and really, I have some thoughts written down. Uh, but then, of course, this is just a flowing with the Holy Ghost as well, too. But here's one of the things. So, of course, we looked at the wonder. Remember how we read in the past in translation that the virtuous woman, this virtuous woman, this virtuous woman shall live in wonder. She shall live in awe and she shall live in the fear of the Lord. So this is a lifestyle. This is not something that is just relegated to a Sunday or relegated to a Wednesday night or whenever people might have. Because, you know, people can put on all for the sake of others. But no, this is something that she lived in so much so that the Lord appeared to her twice. But I love it because she had a discernment when recounting sayings like telling her husband Manoah saying, hey, man, this man, you know, he had like a radiance about him. There was something awesome about him. He had he had like the, the, the presence of an angel of the Lord. So for that to come out of her mouth. Uh, let me know that she had a reverence already. She that 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 God was someone who she was already had a wonder, um, a, a sense of wonder about him. For her to be able to pick up upon that, Manoah didn't catch that until till the till the angel of the Lord went up in a flame. She got that sense. She had that discernment uh, from the first encounter, and then from the second encounter again she came. So we see that wonder, so she had that wonder. So I want to encourage us to make sure that we just have our eyes open to be able to see. Remember we talked about this, that, that, that even uh, in all of this ties together for that prophetic messianic prophecy with Isaiah, how um, he shall delight in the, law, in the fear of the Lord, right? And, and his judgment shall be without his natural sight and with his natural uh, hearing that he will make judgment. So she made a judgment about this, this angel of the Lord and understood it's like, hey, this isn't just a regular person that I'm looking at. And so even for us, we want to make sure and we understand that God is not just like any other God. And it takes spiritual eyes to perceive and understand that God, you know what, you are wonderful, meaning that he is the one that is full of wonder. So someone just let God know right now, say, Lord, you are wonderful. We say it in praise all the time, but when you really get a revelation of that, that means that it's more than just a statement, but it's like, now, God, because you're wonderful, let me be full of wonder and ponder and think upon just your greatness and upon your goodness right now. And this is how we live. This is how we live in wonder of the Lord. And then she also said that he was awesome, that, he, that, this, that this person was awesome as well. Now, there's something else that I really want to get to because we looked at those things, but here's where the fear of the Lord becomes in how she lived. Because this the angel of the Lord, God began to speak to her about what was going to take place, that she shall bear a son, but before that shall take place, she shall live a certain kind of way. 
Y'all remember, we read it. She's, the angel of the Lord said this, that, look, you should not drink any wine nor strong drink. In other words, this is some revelatory part right here. In other words, that your very life has to be consecrated. Your very life has to be consecrated. And here we go. Because what you are carrying from the womb is someone who is consecrated for the Lord. So because what you are carrying is consecrated and set apart for the Lord, then guess what? Your womb has to be set apart and consecrated for the Lord as well. Meaning that the, your environment, because you know we have, and, and, and here's the thing about it, because we know women have wombs, but guess what? Men have a womb as well too. So that's why this now includes when this includes men as well, because we want to have an environment that is set apart and that is consecrated to be able to carry the anointing, to be able to carry the call of the Lord. And so when you think about it, he now began to give her charge, even though she was carrying a Nazarite. She wasn't the Nazarite, but she was carrying the Nazarite. And so this was something that took place from the womb. So, oh, my goodness, she had to consecrate herself. She couldn't live like everybody else. She couldn't do what everybody else was doing. I'm just, I'm just using my quote-unquote sanctified imagination right now. I'm sure there could have been some festivities and, and weddings in their family and lands. They'd be like, hey, you know, come join us. Come celebrate. Come drink them some wine and things of that nature. She's like, nope, I can't do this. And some people could have been offended. Well, how come you can't do what we're doing? Because, you know, I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm under consecration. I'm in consecration right now. Here's the thing. I'm not living just for myself. My reverential fear of the Lord is not just for me, but it's for my children. Oh, that is so good. So your lifestyle is not just for you, but it's for people uh, who, you, who you carry, who you might carry in your heart, so to speak, who you have a connection to, so to speak. But your consecration is for a reason. So, And I just believe right now that, that God is calling for a people that will take upon this lifestyle of consecration. That we won't be people that just watch anything or look at just anything or just listen to anything or just or, or just or even eat anything. Because the Bible says this, that she was also not to eat anything unclean. And so. Excuse me, even in the natural. You know what? Just as the temple of the Lord, because we we the Bible says this, that the Holy Spirit, you know, he li he lives within us. He's on the inside of us. And so we want to make sure that our environment, that our womb, that, that even now, if we extend it, that our home, that it's, a, that it's consecrated before the Lord. And this is, and holiness, I keep saying this, but holiness is still right. That's what, that's what that holy is, that set apart, that consecrated. And so when you have the fear of the Lord, when you have the fear of the Lord, guess what? It dictates every area of your life as long as we open our eyes and wonder to observe what is being said. And I think that's where many people miss it because we hear the instructions of the Lord and we just take it as a nice idea, as a nice thought that maybe we can just do it at our own convenience. Well, you can live like that. You do have that option. But then it begins to mess with the purity and it begins to mess with the plan of God because this is the thing that was very powerful. Because now because she made a decision in fearing the Lord and, 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 and fearing God. And now allowing her lifestyle to be able to align, to line up with that word. And because she made uh, that decision to do so, now she was able to carry someone 
who is not only a Nazarite, who was set apart for the Lord, but now she was able to carry someone who will be a deliverer. So in other words, she was carrying someone who was anointed. So in other words, she was carrying an anointing to be able to birth forth and conceive. So what are you carrying in this season or what is it that God is calling you or declaring you to carry in this season as far as for an anointing or purpose or a call? What is it that he's spoken to your heart or spoken in your life? And if it may have been some, some things. So, so now, if you do know that, if you can pinpoint that, then, or some of you, if you're not sure, then what you can do is ask like Manoah. It's like, Lord, Lord, speak it to me again. Can you just confirm it one more time, some, the thing that you've spoken to my heart? Lord, I caught, I caught it that first encounter, but can you, can you show up again and just speak and just kind of settle that thing? And, so, and, and then here's the thing that helps with that. When God speaks it, tell it. If you need to write it, write it in a journal or speak it to someone as well, because that's what the woman did. That's what this woman did. But then you pray to the Lord. It's like, Lord, I thank you for just speaking it to me one more time so that way I can carry this thing through to full term in this season. Because I just believe uh, that you shall not be or the purposes of God should not be aborted in your life in this season, even though the spirit of abortion is rampant in the land. It shall not be so for you. But yes, the spirit of abortion is rampant in the land. But again, uh, and there's a reason why for that, which we'll get to. But again, someone just now, now someone just make this declaration right now and just lay your hand on your womb area. Men as well, too. Men as well, too. You can lay your hand on your womb area. And then we just make this declaration, say that my womb, my spirit, repeat this after me, say my womb, my spirit is consecrated. For the purposes of the Lord. Oh, someone needs to say that again. My womb, my spirit is set apart and consecrated for the purposes of the Lord. Because I fear the Lord. Because I live in wonder and I live in awe. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Now, that's a good word. That's a good word. So there's a consecration. There's a distinguishing. There's a set apart. And, and here's the thing. I think God is very particular about this for because this woman that I was getting revelation of this, 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 this woman, I, I find it interesting. Perhaps this is coming to me now. I don't know for sure, but this is coming to me now uh, that maybe she wasn't named because not only was this woman here, but this woman was also a type of woman. Not only was she the wife of Manoah, but she was a type of woman that God is looking for. Because guess what? God has a particular preference for consecrated wombs. What a word. God has a preference for consecrated wombs. You can go some several uh, centuries later. Y'all remember Mary, right? Who showed up? Angel showed up. Angel of the Lord. Gabriel showed up. Began to speak to Mary, and she was like, how can these things be? And he was like, look, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and overshadow you. But guess what? She had a womb that was consecrated, that was set apart. She had not known a man or carried a child, consequently. So in other words, God has an affinity. Don't worry about some of the things that you might have to endure because of consecration. But because you fear the Lord, guess what? People are going to have to rise up and call you blessed for eternity. <laughs> that there's, a, there's an eternal, in other words, that there's an eternal blessing connected to your consecration in this life. 
I need to say that again. There's an eternal blessing connected to the consecration that you live out under the fear of the Lord in this wife. In this life, so everything is set apart. God likes things that are set apart. He talks about it. I got to say it again. He talks about it even with our finances. He's like, hey, look, just set this apart for me. Just set, up, just set apart 10%. That's holy. And then if I make this holy, then guess what? The whole lump is holy. Just set apart some time for me in your day. Just set apart your love for me. I'm not asking for all 24 hours, but just set apart some time for me in your day. Give me a portion of your morning. Give me a portion of your evening so that way I can speak to you. Just set apart some time. So again, just someone just, so now we just know under the fear of the Lord, it's like, look, you know what, God, I got to set apart this time for you. And I got to, and I got to, and I have to do this um, with a understanding that God, you're serious about this because of what you desire to come forth through my life, through my spiritual womb to be able to bring about a deliverance on behalf of somebody else or even a nation. So this fear of the Lord, this life of consecration, it's not, it's not a light thing. to be like, yeah, you know what? I just fear the Lord. No, 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 no. Again, you can't say anything when you fear the Lord. You can't just, just do anything with the fear of the Lord. And that's what many people, unfortunately, of the, even that call themselves Christians, they are missing this key or, 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 or overlooking it or not desiring to use it. And so that's why I say that this wife might not have a name because she's a type, because guess what? God is raising up a type of woman, gender, but then also even symbolically that still lives in consecration. That type of woman is us as the church. Remember how I said at the beginning that even if you look at the natural, that women, the gender of women in the natural are rising up. And some are standing and fighting for just rights. But then you have others that are fighting and standing for righteousness. And so there's going to be a distinction. And so now, now what you see in the natural, guess what? Symbolically, that is also taking place as well. Oh, y'all ready for some more revelation? Because, I, again, I believe that this is a type of woman. And God says, hey, now I want my church, I want my church to be consecrated and set apart. I want her to rise up and to be able to stand up for righteousness in such a day. And for us as the church to be able to live, to be able to, to, be, able to be prostrate before the Lord in wonder. To be able to recognize how awesome he is. This past Sunday, uh, you know, we talked about the, the benefits of, of awe to a life. And so we see this here, that awe, uh, because of the awesomeness, because she recognized the awesomeness of the Lord. Guess what? She was no longer barren, but carried about, carried, carried about a deliverer. Now, unfortunately, what took place, because, uh, you know, she, she gave birth to Samson. And Samson, uh, you know, she, even though she was a Proverbs 31 Woman, so to speak, even before that was written, <laughs> Samson still had an affinity for the harlot. And so that was Delilah. But of course, God still used him to deliver, but it cost him his life as a result. That's why I'm like, you know, just pray for your children in the name of Jesus and continue to teach them the fear of the Lord. Because they, they were like, look, can, can you have somebody else? Can you, can you stop going after these foreign women and things of that nature? And so who knows, perhaps, but I think that was some wisdom that came about later, you know, with uh, to King Lemuel. But anyways, again, going back to these two types of women, and I think that this is important for such an age that we are living in now. Of course, you see in the natural rising of women in prominent positions and places 
uh, CEOs of major corporations and, and, and uh, prominent places in government and, and entertainment and, and law and things of that nature. All that is fine, well, and good. But if they're not standing up for righteousness, God isn't standing up for them. Or Christ isn't standing up for them on behalf of the Father eternally. And so here we go. Some might be wondering about the fear of the Lord because and so let's let's just kind of let's just kind of do this. This is some extra, extra good stuff right here. So turn with me to the book of Revelation. I've been in Revelation more and more. And I'm not going to do a whole bunch of explaining on this part, but there is one thing that I want to be able to um, bring about here. And so this is Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, this is good. This is good to me. Revelation chapter 14. Someone just praise God right now. Someone just begin to just bless the Lord. Let him know how awesome he is, how wonderful he is. God, you are awesome. Lord, you are wonderful. God, and we just declare right now, Lord, we thank you, God, that we are set apart for you, for your use, for your purposes in the name of Jesus. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Uh, so I'm just hearing this even before we get to this. If you want to carry some of the things of God, then you have to bury the things of self. If you want to carry the things of the spirit, you have to bury the things of self. Yeah. If you wanted to carry the things of the spirit, you have to bury the things of self. And so, again, I, I, I go back to this woman uh, that we read about. Again, she had to make some sacrifices. In essence, she even had to come away from culture, so to speak, in order to be able to carry not just the Nazarite, but to carry the word of the Lord. Mm. Yeah, to carry the word of the Lord. Now I think that's a good point for us to get in here. Thank you, Holy Ghost. And so verse 6, this is a revelation of John. There's a whole bunch before this, but let me just kind of jump in right here. Then I saw another angel. This is John talking here. Then I saw another angel flying. Remember, I talked about carrying the word of the Lord, right? Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, here we go, fear God and give glory to him. This is what the angel is saying. Fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth. There's that reverence and that awe and that wonder and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. I'm going to stop at verse eight, though I could keep going. And another angel followed saying Babylon is fallen. Is fallen, that great city, because she, remember I talked about these two types of women now, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Wow. There's a lot in that statement right there. But again, because you see in the natural, two types of women coming forth, women that are just standing up for just rights, but then you have women that are standing up for righteousness. But then I also think that there is a spirit connected to that. And so uh, and we kind of see that here because it talks about how she has made all nations drink of the wine and of the wrath of her fornication. Uh, not only is that Babylon, but that also is a type of Jezebel. I'm not trying to go too deep into that, uh, but it's a type of Jezebel. Can then you go earlier um, in Revelation chapter two? It just talks about how this one particular church, 
how she allowed that, how that church allowed that spirit to creep in and to lead people into sexual fornications and things of that nature. And how the Lord was saying, hey, I was given giving her an opportunity to repent and she didn't. And so judgment had to be able to come forth. And so now I just say that and say to, to say this, that there's this type of spirit rising up. Thank God for the women that are standing up for righteousness that will be able to speak the kingdom and proclaim and declare the gospel to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people that are, that are, that are living like this woman <laughs> that we talked about, that are living a life of consecration, that aren't drinking of the wine of the wrath of fornication, uh, that Jezebel, because this, trust me, Jezebel can run in the church. That spirit can run rampant in the church. When it was mentioned in Revelation, it was talking about one of the churches. It was like, hey, you've done some good things, but this is one thing I have a problem with. You allowed Jezebel to come in. And so Jezebel is all about rights and about her. Ooh, did I just say that? <laughs> but it's all about rights and, and her authority and, and, and superseding and superimposing will and things of that nature. But God is not to be outdone. Because, again... He has another type that's consecrated. And who is this consecrated, symbolic woman, so to speak, that is raising up, that is rising up in the fear of the Lord? And it is his bride. It is his bride, you and I, the church that is rising up and that is standing up. As a matter of fact, I think it would be good for us. I think we, oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing great on time. Let's take a look at this here. Revelations, Revelations chapter see here revelations chapter da, 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 da. well let me just read a little part here and then then we'll get to that to, to where it talks about to the bride like i said i've been in a whole lot here so let's look at verse um 19 i mean chapter 19 revelation chapter 19 so here we go. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude. Verse one. After these things, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor, power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. Right. Because he has judged the great harlot. There we go. He has judged the great harlot. That's why you can't be intimidated about everything that's going on, because we know the end. We know the end. He has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servant shed by her. All right. So let me skip down to. Um, uh, verse seven. Let us be glad. <laughs> let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife. Thank you, Lord. And his wife has made herself ready. Somebody just say, I am ready. Woo! Glory to God. And his wife has made herself ready. And so that's part of the bride. That's part of the bride. Okay, let me just keep on going here. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, 
clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints because these are the saints that have lived in consecration. These are the saints that have lived in fear. These are the saints, these are us who God has called us to live in awe, to live in wonder, to be prostrate before him because he is so glorious. These are the saints that have not only a new address, but now we have new raiment, we have new apparel, and that's what these righteous acts are likened to. Verse 9, then he said to me, write blessed, blessed are those. Remember, we have an eternal blessing because of the consecration. Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of the Lord, uh, true sayings of God. I'm going to stop at verse 10 at this portion. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, because this is an angel speaking here. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren. You have to, you have the test. Let me slow down and say that again. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of prophecy. Oh my God. All right, so whew, here we go. So now in the midst of those, that Jezebel spirit that is, uh, that is uh, uh, um, standing up for just, just rights and exercising illicit authority and things of that nature, but in the meantime, God is raising up his wife for his son and, and the bride and, and raiming. And, and, and new clothing and raiment and things of that nature. And so now we have this testimony. So you have two spirits of prophecies coming from these two types of women going forth. Now remember, Proverbs chapter 31 was a prophetic, was a prophecy from a mother to the king. Talking about this type of woman. So now we, as the bride, now we have this testimony of Jesus that we have to declare. And so that way, the true spirit of prophecy, because guess what? In the midst of these two types coming forth, there's going to be people that are falling away. They're going to be people that get deceived. Why? Because it's the people that don't fear the Lord that, that wind up in that life of fornication. The fear and reverence of God will keep you in a life of sanctity. And so that's what we desire. That's what God is calling you and us to, to live across the board, across the nations, across, man, woman, child. Across the age groups, we are to live in reverence and fear of the Lord. My goodness. That's how we are to live. And that's who God is making ready. It's the bride that makes herself ready under this unction. To have this fear, to have this consecration, to have this holiness, to have this separation. Yep, so that means what? That means you can't look at everything on Netflix. Let me just talk a little plainly right now. That means you can't look at everything on Netflix. That means you can't just watch anything on YouTube. That means you can't just laugh at anything on YouTube and TikTok. That means you can't just believe any and everything. In the name of Jesus, glory to God. Why? Because when you live in the fear of the Lord, and this is what we needed for such a time as this, I'm just hearing this right now, um, that it helps you with your discernment. Here we go. Remember, rem uh, yeah. Remember how the wife, Manoah's wife, Samson's mom, how she had discernment to understand it's like, hey, this man is different. The reason why we need that discernment, because that the fear of the Lord helps with discernment. It helps with the judgment. 
the fear of the Lord, even with, with the Messiah, Jesus, because he was able to discern beyond sight and beyond hearing. You, you, you kind of see by the spirit how all these things are connected. I pray, remember how, we, uh, you know, I pray that, that God is just beginning to show and reveal to you that, look, this, this fear of the Lord, it is a major key. It is a major key, but God says, look, I hid it. And thank God that he is showing it to us now because I, I just believe that we are a church that is being raised up, uh, that type of bride, that type of woman, to being raised up to be able to release and speak of the testimony of Jesus uh, because we are an apostolic and prophetic ministry, but the right kind of prophecy, not the false prophecy. In the name of Jesus. All right, let me, let me just see if I can get, just get to that one more scripture. Uh, yeah, so prov, uh, same, same let's, let's, let's just kind of finish out with this right here. Chapter 21, verse 7 through 11. This is good. Uh, see, man, this is so good. I just want to keep going. <sighs> yes, so I shall keep going. <laughs> Verse 2. Come on, this is good. Just, just stay with us here. Stay with us. I know, you, I know you're with us because this is good because God is opening up your eyes to see some things. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and will be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, behold, I will make all things what? New. And he said to me, write. For these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. Somebody just say, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Verse 7. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son, but the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderer, sexually immoral, sorcerers. This is the spirit that, that is in that other type of woman. Murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. There is so much lying going on right now because that spirit is running rampant. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And let me just go right here. Verse 10. Oh, no, no. Let me read verse 9 because that's important. Verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked to me saying, Come, I will show you the bride, <laughs> the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit, in the spirit, in the spirit. To a great and high mountain and showed me the great city of the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. 
I think this is ringing in my spirit so much because, you know, God, God is already speaking to me some things, um, you know, just even now. But again, this bride is not only just us as the body of Christ, but it's this city as well. Uh, that's just the inheritance of the Lord. So keep your eyes on what's going on in Jerusalem as well. But what can you take away from this? And I think I don't think I can emphasize this enough. Consecration, consecration. The fear of the Lord leads us to a life of consecration. The fear of the Lord leads us to a life of being set apart, not being drunk or intoxicated um, with, with um, not just alcohol, but sometimes you can get intoxicated by, by lies or intoxicated by fantasies or intoxicated by dreams that are not of the Lord or intoxicated by people that might seem, seem a certain way, but then the truth is not in them. No, 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 because drunkenness means that you're not also alert or sober to be able to hear the truth. So that's why we want to live a life of consecration so that way we can, dis we, can dis we can stand and declare the truth of the Lord. So somebody to say again one more time, but my womb is consecrated, meaning my capacity. Come on, that my capacity, because many people's like, man, yeah, increase your capacity. Well, look, if you don't have consecration, what good is the increase of your capacity going to do anyways? So consecration first, capacity second. She had to be consecrated first before the seed can be able to come in because that, that Nazarite seed had to be in, the, in a consecrated environment from the womb. Even before you birth some things, consecration has to be first. It's like, God, I thank you, Lord, for, I thank you that, uh, Lord, I'm just going to birth some fresh things in the season. Hey, great, wonderful statement, wonderful uh, conf confession and declaration and things of that nature. But first must come the fear of the Lord in your lifestyle of consecration. I got to keep drilling that in over and over again. Consecration, consecration. Stop cussing, stop drinking, stop the smoking, stop the fornication. And guess what? God helps you. God helps you. This is not, con this is not condemnation. This is bringing you into consecration. So that way you can experience the fullness of the covenant blessings that God has for you in this lifetime and the next. So again, we want to live this lifestyle of consecration. It is necessary for the things that God desires to deliver because guess what? He's still in the deliverance business. Remember we talked about delivering from and delivering to. He's still in the deliverance because people are in bondage and God is raising us up so that way the anointing that you and I carry from a life of consecration can be pure. Because if it's not pure, then it'll be perverted. And that's where the immoralities and, 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 and things of that nature. Because guess, guess what? We, we don't want to give the devil an opening. We don't want to give that spirit of Jezebel an inch. And she's not going to have an inch. And someone just, just know that in Jesus' name. Just make that statement over your life. It's like, look, we're not giving way to that Jezebel spirit. When we identify, it's like, look, no, we cutting that off. Giving them an opportunity to repent. If not, then we cut it off in Jesus' name. And it can show up in people. Ah, okay. It can show up in people. And again, I said this, it can show up in the church. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me just read this one quote. I almost overlooked it, but let me read it now because this is what Jezebel does. I actually got this quote from Dr. Eric Mason. He's actually a pastor. I think it's called Epiphany or Ephesus Church in Philly. Uh, but he says this. I saw this on Twitter some time ago. Be careful of mistaking a platform for a ministry. 
Be careful of staking a platform for a ministry. And this came to my mind when I started thinking about that Jezebel spirit in the church who loves being on platforms. Be careful of mistaking a platform for a ministry. A ministry is always a platform. Meaning for something that God has ordained, it's always something that he's giving you a stand to stand on. A ministry is always a platform, but all platforms aren't a ministry. That's why we have to be discerning. And he says, it takes the spiritually discerning to tell the difference between the two. Which do you crave? I'm going to read that quote now without interrupting it. Be careful of mistaking a platform for a ministry. A ministry is always a platform, but all platforms aren't a ministry. It takes the spiritually discerning to tell the difference between the two. Which do you crave? And so even the church, we have to be discerning and make sure that we have a life of consecration because you know what? Especially in this age now where people can just look at you virtually and not really see your lifestyle or lifestyles can't be seen, then, then guess what? That spirit can come across a screen. Woo! Mm. And you think that you're just hearing a word and a good message, but you're also getting the spirit of that person virtually. And so now anybody through social media can have a platform, but it doesn't mean that they're actually releasing ministry. It doesn't mean that they're actually declaring the testimony of Jesus, which is the true spirit of prophecy. So that's why, thank you, Lord. That's why we have to be discerning because guess what? Now, nowadays, anybody can just eat from anything. You could stream from anywhere. And you can pull from this person and that person and that person and that person. And you can just gorge yourself on, on quote unquote word, but never actually incorporating in your life and actually fearing God. Then it, just, then it just becomes good messages, but not anything that brings transformation. So this is what God is saying. God is saying, hey, you know what? No, my bride must make herself ready. I think I'm going to finish with this. My bride must make herself ready, and that's what you and I are going to do. That's why we've been receiving for such a time as this, this message of the fear of the Lord. And guess what? Um, uh, there, there's prosperity connected to this. There's provision. Even though there might be calamity and a shaking in the world, economies and things of that nature, I believe that the church that is in the fear of the Lord, um, uh, that, that she will prosper. In the name of Jesus.